Hey guys, I've got a couple of quick things to say to you before we begin. We'll, we'll be in Exodus chapter 12 if you'd like to turn there. But just a couple of quick things that, that um, you need to know about. Um, the first, uh, I don't know whether in, many of you remember this, but back in February we had this kind of special announcement at which we said, we told you that we were out of debt, <clears throat> that Gracie Van is now debt free, and we celebrated that. We just wanted you to know this that no one in the eldership of Gracie Van is taking lightly the extra monies that are now going to be available to us. Um, and we understand that the, that the stewardship is enormously scary. It's scary because God has provided all these monies and we recognize that they've got to be spent wisely and well. And so the eldership prays much about how we can invest these monies. And, and I have to tell you, they are, there may be a few, a, a, a bit of them invested here locally, that is, here at this plant, but the majority of them are going to be given away. They're going to be invested around the world to see the gospel broadcast. So we just want you to know that, uh, that we're, we're, there's somebody at the wheel, we're still, but we really want to wait until somewhere around September before we make commitments of large sums of money to be given away. But that's what we're intent on doing. But the, but the eldership is praying with great diligence, asking for God's leadership in that matter. Now, one other thing. And I'm not going to say this much, so you better listen now, because I'm not going to get up here and hawk this. I promise I'm not. A couple of times, maybe three Sundays, and that's it. That's the last you'll hear of it. Guys, um, uh, I'm, I have had a couple of people ask me to, to lead another trip to Israel. I'm 64 years old, and um, you know I don't have many of those left in me, uh, because they're not the easiest thing in the world. But uh, there is one that's being scheduled for February of next year. It'll be for people who have been once. We're going to have kind of two different uh, trips, one for first-timers, and one that will go other places that the first-timers have not gone. So if you've ever been to Israel, there'll be some things that were like a, like a day trip to Petra. In, it's in Jordan. If you've, But there'll be some different things on this trip than we're on the 2010 trip. So if you're interested in going, uh, not, you're not committing yourself to the, anything at this point. But i got a pad up here, and when we're all done, uh, you'll need to put your name on it so that we can stay in touch with you. There will come a point at which you're going to have to lay some money down if you're, if you're interested in going. But that'll, that'll come later. But if you're interested and want to, want to be in the loop, just put your name on here and, and we'll let you know. This, it is not cheap. Um, and it doesn't get any cheaper every time you go. But, um, it, it's somewhere going to be in the 3,500 to 3,800 range per person. And that includes everything but your lunch. But guys, if you've never been to Israel, um, I think you would not regret a trip over there. I don't think you'd regret it. Um, now, I, I could be wrong, but um, both John Otley and myself will be will be kind of heading up this thing. John will be heading up a tour with first-timers, and I'm going to take people off into some wild and woolly places, and, and it, uh, it sounds fun. Now, that said, open your Bibles with me to Exodus chapter 12, and let's get to work. I want to read you the first six verses of Exodus chapter 12. You follow as I read. 
The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the tenth of this month, every man shall take a lamb according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons, according to what each can eat, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of this month, when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God, it endures forever. Guys, um, I, 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 I wonder if you know what we've just read. Uh, this is a very famous passage of Scripture. Uh, there, there are several chapters in the Old Testament that, uh, that stand out as key chapters in the Old Testament. This is one of them, Exodus chapter 12. Most of you know that we celebrate this sacrament, the Lord's Supper, once per month. It is normally on the second Sunday of the month, but the second Sunday of the month is Mother's Day. And so we have to adjust the schedule for Mother's Day, do we not? So we moved to this Sunday to celebrate this, this sacrament. So uh, once a month, we get together around this sacrament of uh, call the Lord's Supper, communion, uh, whatever you like, whatever term you prefer. But um, for the next few months, that is, on the months of the Lord, on the Sundays of the uh, the Lord's Supper, the next few months, my text for this sacrament is going to be drawn from Exodus chapter 12. This is a very significant chapter of Scripture because it does several things. First of all, it gives, uh, it, it commences a, a, a sacramental event for Israel. Now, I think everybody, maybe not, but... Uh, this sacramental event that's being described, we didn't read it all, but we're going to in the coming months. The sacramental event here is Passover. This is, this is a description of Passover. That's why Exodus 12 is so famous and so significant. That's one of the reasons. The other thing that it does, or one of the other things that it does, is that it not only institutes a sacrament, but it describes an event. An event in the history of Israel, and most of you, if you were raised in church, you remember that. It was the night when, when they were to take blood from a lamb and they were to, you know, smear it across their doorposts, and the death angel would pass by, and if they saw blood, the death angel would pass over. That's where the name comes from. The death angel would skip the house that had lamb's blood on the doorpost, okay? And so the house was passed over. So this thing, this this chapter, describes that event, and it was the final culminating event when, when Egypt lost all of their firstborn, and uh, Pharaoh finally said, okay. He finally cried uncle and said, go on. And Israel was set free. This is the story that starts a sacrament in Israel. They're still observing it today. It also describes an event. <clears throat> and ladies and gentlemen, 
I hope you notice, just in the six verses that I read, did you see that business about a lamb without blemish? Do you see that? Do you know what this is doing, or the other, the third thing that it's doing? It's beginning to predict. It's beginning to prepare. It's beginning to point. It's beginning to, to fill in some of the blanks about the Savior when he would ultimately come. So, a richly significant chapter of Scripture is, is Exodus chapter 12. And we're going to study it for months. We're going to use Exodus 12 as the basis for our thoughts when it comes time to have this sacrament for several months. Because I want you to know Exodus 12 and I want you to know it well. Now, here's the first thing. This is very simple, but you got to know this. You know um, that the Lord's Supper, this thing, this thing is um, that, that, that you and I are about to partake in, was instituted on a night when Jesus was participating in Passover. You know that, don't you? Have you ever seen the pictures uh, by Leonardo da Vinci of the Last Supper, you know, and they're all sitting at a table and Jesus is sitting in the middle and there's this little like this little, well, of course, that that is so false because they didn't sit at tables. They lay down, they reclined uh, when they ate. But that, that depiction by da Vinci um, is of the Last Supper, right before he was arrested. It was a Passover meal. That is said in Matthew 26, it's said in Mark 14, it's said in Luke 22. The last meal that Jesus had before he was arrested, betrayed, arrested, and crucified was a Passover meal. Now guys, stay with me. If I were to ask you, if I were to ask you how long was Jesus' earthly ministry, how long was his ministry on earth? I bet you 98% of you would say three years. Where'd you get that? Where'd you get that three-year figure? The New Testament never says that. But here's why all of Christendom believes that his ministry was three years long. Because there are three separate Passovers mentioned in the New Testament, in the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Threes, and they were annual events, so three of those times one year equals three years. That's where we get that from, ladies and gentlemen. Not because the text says Jesus' earthly ministry was three years. No, no. We see three different Passovers. And as a Jew, Jesus observed all of Judaism's uh, sacred festivals, and the sacrament was the, the foremost of all. Also, is it not interesting... That Jesus chose the day that he was going to die, and he chose a day that was during the Passover celebration. So you, you got that, don't you? When he was arrested, he had just completed, he had just come from the upper room, the Last Supper, and that supper was a Passover meal. Now, <clears throat> at that last meal of his, upper room, You know, Passover, picture Da Vinci, that whole... At that meal, he institutes this. 
He uses that occasion. He reworks it. He redefines it. And he gives it to us in another form. This. This takes the place of this. Passover is set aside and in its place we get this. So, ladies and gentlemen, do you see that this sacrament has a very clear tie to Exodus chapter 12? Out of the Passover comes the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper is drawn out of, it is connected to, it is based on an event that is described for us in Exodus chapter 12. The Passover of Exodus 12 was intended, or at least part of its intent, is to begin to point you towards a Messiah who would ultimately come. A lamb that had no blemish, that would spill his blood, and once he did, the death angel would pass over. Now, that's the first thing that we need to know about this. But what what I want to do for five minutes is all, real quick, I want to concentrate on those those opening two verses of Exodus chapter 12. Because, and we're going to do this for months. We're going to just, little by little, pick this thing apart, Exodus chapter 12. But did you notice something there, ladies and gentlemen? Did you notice what he did? You know, guys, uh, I've said to you before that you pay me all of this money to read. (laughs) I'm a paid reader. I read a lot. I read all kinds of things. And if you read enough commentaries on the uh, book of Genesis... Not Exodus, but Genesis, it, particularly the old ones, the old commentaries on Genesis. Eventually, one of those authors is going to pose this question for you. They're going to they're going to ask you, in what season of the year did God create Adam? In what season of the year did God create Adam? And most of those commentators, those old guys, they all agree that it had to be done that God created Adam in the fall or in autumn. In the autumn time of the year. And here's why they suggest that. Can you guess? You know why they suggest it was in the autumn? They, they, they suggest, or the reason that they give, is that the first day that Adam awoke to life, he found ripe fruit ready for his consumption. That is, that he found trees that were laden with con- consumable food. It was harvest time, and thus, he must have been created in the autumn. It's a quaint idea, don't you think? Uh, You know, just a suggestion. It's just, I don't know what I Just quaint. But guys, if there's any truth to it at all, then what you see going on in Exodus 1 and 2 is God moving New Year's to a new date. At the very least, what God is doing here in verses 1 and 2 of Exodus 12 
is taking charge of the calendar. What, what is going on is he is either changing the new year for Israel from the fall to the spring, or at the very least, he is, he is expressing and instructing or describing his sovereignty over the calendar. That is, he's giving instructions as to when the new year for Israel will begin. It's going to be in the spring, the month of Nisan. So Israel now, as a result of God's sovereign rights over the calendar, Israel is to consider that her beginning as a nation began on the night that he brought them out of Egypt. A night called Passover. You guys, that's not the only place that we see something like that happen. You see it also on um, on the Sabbath. You know that the, the Sabbath used to be the last day of the week. Still is in Judaism. But it's been changed. It's been changed to the first day of the week. Not Sunday. Why do we do that? Well, because in celebration of the resurrection... God once again expresses his sovereignty over the calendar. And you know, guys, um, some of Christians even, and some, some of you may have had this discussion today. I mean, this, this discussion takes place a lot, but we talk about spiritual birthdays. It goes something like this. You know, I was born on January the 14th, but I was born again. On September the 10th. I began to live on January the 14th. But I I began to truly live on September the 10th. I, I tasted natural life for the first time on January the 14th. But I tasted life as it was intended to be. Supernatural life on September the 10th. Because as Christians, we know that our whole calendar has been altered by sovereign grace. That there has been this meaningful shifting of the dates. Saved men and women have two birthdays. We were born, and then we were born again. Because, guys, um, we became brand new when we finally understood why God saw fit to pass over us. We became brand new when we understood that the reason that he passed over us was because blood had been shed on our behalf. We saw that though I too deserve to be condemned because of my sin, God in mercy has provided a substitute who died in my place. 
And thus, because this substitute has died for me, the death angel has passed me over. And now, I'm considered a son of God, a daughter of God, all because of what Jesus Christ has done for me. And what Jesus Christ has done for me is symbolized in two very common elements. And the symbols behind them are these. A body that's been broken and blood that has been shed. Do you know the Savior? If you do, join us, won't you? Let's pray. Our Father, I I do pray that you will now meet us at this table, that you will remind us of certain things that we believe to be utterly and completely uh, true. Uh, We we pray that that these emblems will be more than just a little taste, some kind of little morsel of, of, um, to eat, but it will be far more than that. It will be the, um, uh, those things that will remind us of the great work of Jesus Christ on our behalf. So now, Father, meet us at this table um, as we, by faith, take hold of the finished work of Jesus Christ for sinners. And we ask it, of course, in Jesus' name.